good afternoon and welcome to Lambda Weekly. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with, I was, I'm looking at Aaron and saying Laron. Not Laron. Although Laron. we do look a lot alike. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, the, the woke lesbian Aaron Moore. Wokey McWokerson, if you will, please. And of course, <laughs> the late Patty Fink. <laughs> who, is, who is woke and proud. Yes, proud woke, wokeism. Uh, where did we want to start? How about with woke? <laughs> That's what I have on the top of my list. Woke, oh my God. Do you have the quote, Patty? Oh, let me, let me pull it up here. The Kevin McCarthy sounded like he was having a mini stroke on the floor when he's talking about this wokeism and the, the scourge of being woke. And... Let me find him here. And it's not like, yeah, but it's like... It's the new liberal. Remember how they used to throw liberal at us like it was a bad thing? And then they started throwing... R right, and as a result, we're yeah. progressives now, not yeah, liberals. Yeah, progressives. Right, we capitulated to that. But now we're woke. Anything that makes a white person uncomfortable is woke. And I just read where they banned Where the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou from some libraries in Florida. I'm like, seriously? It's like, what are we going to be reading next? You know, the what dictionary, is, the Bible, and Mein Kampf? I mean, come on. What is there about Maya Angelou that's a problem? Well, She's black. Yeah, probably because it empowers black women. And gay men. Well, only in choral mode. But yeah, it's like, it's like they're it's, pushing back against anything that makes white people seem less than and it's the same thing we've been fighting forever and ever and ever you know and full disclosure everybody in this studio right now is white or some version of it and but they they push back against anything that challenges them or makes them uncomfortable in other words it's wrapping a warm fuzzy blanket around their bigotry and their biases and saying, we're going to take away anything that contradicts this so you won't feel less than. And that's the same thing we've been fighting this whole time is like as diversity, uh, the po population diversity grows, as women get more powerful in the corporate workplace, as LGBTQ people gain rights, as African Americans gain rights and become in seats of power, it, it, to them it's making them less than. It's taking away what they have and it's not pie as we always say. You know, it can grow and stuff. But this wokeism is getting thrown out anytime they feel uncomfortable. Did it's you like, hear Maya Angelou when she spoke at Black Tie Dinner here? Uh-huh. Did, did she make you feel uncomfortable? No. But I'm she not... She made me feel like, ugh. Right, but I'm arms not... Arms wrapped around and... I'm not insecure about my power. What they want is, they want to return to the 50s. They want to return to the, to the post-war, hail the conquering hero, white man, 50s. And, and it's, do you have it? Yeah. The, oh, please read so it. So here's the quote from terrible. Kevin McCarthy um, after the vote on the national defense appropriations bill mm -hmm. where there was a lot of junk, a lot of this crazy bigoted junk, like, like saying you have to deny trans care benefits in the military and get rid of DEI and all this stuff. Um, but Kevin McCarthy said, stop using taxpayer money to do their own, to do their own wokeism. A military cannot defend itself if you train them in woke. We don't want Disneyland to train our military. So, first of all, how do you do wokeism? And then how do you train someone? <laughs> how do you train somebody in woke? Like they, by it's a Disney. noun. It's by a, Disney. It's a noun, it's a verb, it's an adjective, it's a floor, floor cleaner. <laughs> it's, a, it's a floor wax. Oh my God, I just. <clears throat> what does Disney have to do with anything? Well, I think he's trying to say, you know, the whole DeSantis war on Disney and Disney has the LGBTQ. Pride days and the... Day. Day, excuse me. One day. day. One day. You know. Well, I guess it's probably a Saturday and a Sunday. They're not backing down from DeSantis telling them to quit doing stuff. And, and it's their most profitable day of the year, weekend of the year. Right. Right. So, yeah. That, not surprisingly. I think that's what he's trying to get at. But it's just so patently stupid. He's throwing woke in there. It's like, remember the... I'm old enough to remember the game Mad Libs where you'd pick it up on a road trip and mm -hmm. there'd be like this sentence and then a blank and you 
ask the person next to you, give me a noun, you know, give me a verb, give me an adjective, and you'd write them in, and then you'd read the paragraph afterwards, and it's hysterical. And that's exactly what this sounds like. It's like, put woke into every blank on a Mad Libs, and you've got this speech. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love some of the some of the descriptions by by oh. readers responding to this quote this quote from Kevin McCarthy. Um, woke has replaced Benghazi as Republican Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I don't like is woke. This engine is woke. It's, it's a picture of a kid pointing to an engine. Uh, wokery is my fave. Denotes sorcery, but with a homemade rustic feel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> wokery. Wokery. Practicing wokery. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... But they're using it, you know, and the, the the certain type that they're appealing to that, you know, what is it, 12% that they're appealing to are like, yeah, woke, you know, that's so woke, that's woke, you know, they don't even know what it means. <laughs> they just like to be riled up and pissed off about something. So I love, I love this, though. If you look into a mirror and say woke five times... Dylan Mulvaney appears with a case of Bud Light, a pack of green M&Ms, two passes to Disney World, and a Target gift card. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all say woke five times in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I could use that gift card. I could use the two passes to Disney World. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Those are expensive. Yeah. And then another one is, every time you say woke, a gay angel creates another drag queen. <laughs> Well, well, in this whole, okay, I'm a former advertising and marketing person until I got into politics. Target and Bud Light could not have handled their situations worse than they did. They just could not have. Right. One, because not only did they say, oh, you're in my store tearing it up, you're arrested, you know. Or they, threatening my employees. Threatening my employees, that's a crime. You're arrested. Um they capitulated and used it as an excuse to capitulate through, through their <laughs> other stores to, oh, we're fearful for the safety of our employees. Okay, one, you hire more security guards, and two, you start arresting these people. They are trespassing at that point. Um, so not only did they make the gays mad, which you don't want to do at Target, because they... They did that once before, and yeah, it, it didn't, turn out, didn't well. turn out real well for them at all. They made the gays mad by, by taking down some of the pride stuff, and I realized that the stuff they took down was mostly trans-positive uh, trans stuff. But they took down the, the, some of their pride displays and made us mad, so we're not going to Target right now. And the people that were in there tearing stuff up are definitely not going to Target because they have pride stuff in there still, or did, you know, last month. So pick a side. <laughs> you know, you've got to pick a side if you want somebody to shop. You know, Walmart for years has has been on our bad list, but they picked a side. i got to give them credit for that, you know, and those people go shop there. Um, Target well, although Walmart They've has... gotten lots better. Now they're better than Target. Yeah. Sorry, David, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, and Bud Light did essentially the same thing. Instead of leaning into the, we're a beer for everyone... We don't discriminate. Please come celebrate with us. You know, instead of leaning into the gay community and diverse people that drink their beer, which <laughs> gays drink a lot of beer, um, not to stereotype, but, you know, there are entire industries and neighborhoods built around that fact. <clears throat> but instead of leaning into that or leaning into the, oh, we're sorry, you know, here Red Decks have more of our bigoted beer, they didn't pick a side. And now both sides are mad at them again. Same thing as Target. You know, so this this wokeism, it's uh, pick a side. You're either going to be a bigoted company like Chick-fil-A and be proud of it, or you're going to be an inclusive company like what? Google? Like Disney. Like Disney, <laughs> Google, um, and be proud of that and tell the other side to F off. So I'm like... They handled it as badly as they could possibly handle it. Yeah, and the thing is, the targets that were near gay neighborhoods, they left their stuff right where it was mm -hmm. and continued selling it and didn't get credit for doing that because they did handle it so badly. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that they didn't have the right to do what they did. Of course you do. But to me, it's the absolute worst thing you could have done. <laughs> you know, you've, 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 not picked, you've not picked a side. You've done the opposite of what you've espoused up until this point and shown us who you really are. You know, and the side really should be all people are our customers. Everybody's our customer. Exactly. It's it, not like, no, we're picking the side of the gays. No, right. But, you know, if we, we have... We have this one little rack. Right. Because that's all it was. Right. It was one little rack, double deck. Right. Rack. Right. That had the pride stuff on it. Right. It wasn't like they had this storeful of pride flags and Right. Right. No, exactly. But I mean I used to go in there and see the pride display and buy, you know, a hat or a sign or something and it it made me feel good about shopping there. And now I'm absolutely not shopping there. You know, so mm -hmm. So earlier this week, um, there were um, a number of state attorneys general who sent intimidating and threatening letters to a whole bunch of companies like Target, um, basically saying that these displays are grooming children and threatening to impede their, their ability to conduct business. Um, and I, I think that's appalling. I, I think the whole idea that um, it, it's as if the right wing has, has painted all, all the people they don't like as the worst possible human beings and, don't even, and can't even explain why. If you ask a person today who's one of these, uh, of this ilk, um, using the word woke, they can't even define it. Mm -mm. Even on that, that classic thing on TV where a, a, an author, a supposed author, wrote an entire book about woke with a right-wing audience and was on television talking about her book, and the, the interviewer said, what's your definition of woke? And she couldn't do it. And she said, this is going to be one of those viral moments. And yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a viral moment when you couldn't define what your... Which your well, whole book was about. Your yeah. whole book was about, and that you hurl willy-nilly at other people. And it's the same thing with the grooming idea. And yet, what, when I turned around and looked, and like, okay, well, let's look at the Catholic priesthood. Let's look at the Southern Baptist Convention um, pastorhood and all of the abuse and molestation of children that has taken place in the name of religion. And by the hundreds of by the hundreds if not thousands in each of these denominations and you're gonna you're gonna call all of us groomers mm -hmm. and the, the thing that really gets me is the these people who um, actively participate in and support and attend and approve of these little kid pageants where little girls have slathered in makeup caked in makeup and made to wear these very skimpy things and prance around on a stage as if they are adults. If that's not grooming, I don't know what is. Worst flight I ever had. I was sitting in a middle seat surrounded by girls going home from a pageant, like six-year-old girls that were still in costume. Well, oh my God. Worst I mean, flight I ever Pageants, had. cheerleaders, <laughs> dance teams, they all over-sexualize young women. <laughs> That's not what they're talking about. You know, what they're talking about is grooming them for lewd sexual acts. They want to bring back the sodomy laws is what they want to do. No, what they, what and, and, they're, ta they're talking about this kind. I know you're saying they're not talking about this. They're purposely excluding that because what they're doing in those shows is grooming. Oh, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. They can't see the hypocrisy in what they're saying. Um, I saw a very nice quip you know, on one of my social, you know, media sites, it was Dorothy Parker level. It said, abstinence makes the church grow fondlers. <laughs> and to me, you know, that's, that is, that is truly grooming. You know, when you, when you preach, preach and exemplar, by example, show that women and men can only be one way, which is what they're trying to do when they say groomers. They're not allowing for any variety in expression or variety in self, uh, 
in self-definition. They want women to be this and men to be this. And then the groomers, quote unquote, you know, anything with a rainbow, well, there goes a lot of, you know, children's books. But um, the, the church wants to pigeonhole people and the church via the right wing wants to pigeonhole people into what they think you should be. And that's a lot of where these laws I think are coming from. You don't fit my definition. So you're, you're woke or you're a groomer or you're um, abhorrent or you're you know, a sin against nature or you're any of the things that we've ever had thrown against us because you don't fit my definition. Well, I don't have to fit your definition. You know, you have to live within your own definitions. So that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just got a hallelujah. We need to take a break in a, just a couple of minutes. But I don't want to go through, uh, I don't, don't want to pass this segment of the show without comparing my cousin's congressman with Rosa Parks. Oh, yes, oh please my do. Gosh. Go for it. Well, George Santos compared himself to Rosa Parks because at the State of the Union address, Kevin McCarthy asked him to sit in the back. Was it McCarthy who asked him to sit in the back of the room? Somebody did, yeah. I think it was McCarthy. I just wanted your comments Rosa on... Rosa didn't sit in the back of the bus, and I won't sit in the back of the room. Yeah, yeah, because what you're doing is so Rosa Parks-like. I mean, the man's a diagnosis and a neurosis all wrapped up into one. He needs to be out of Congress, much less out of the... Well, he started his uh, uh, campaign for re-election, and he's already raised $85,000. Wow. Do you know how many ads that'll buy? Two. <laughs> Newspaper ads, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not going to buy him any TV time at all. Yeah, 85000 is not a lot for a congressional race. In a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Wow, it's going to be interesting. Thing. I think they want him out, too, but they need to reelect another Republican to do it. So. Not in that district they're not going to. Yeah, no, he won. How did he win? I think his being gay contributed to his win. There was a gay Democrat, too, running against him, though. Well, the, the local uh, Republican Party, though, has, has said he, he, needs, he needs to not represent Everybody them. thinks he needs to go. The Southern New York State Assembly, or the New York State um, um, Appeals Court this week, um, said that this the New York State Assembly maps for congressional districts in the state of New York have to be redrawn. So that could be very interesting, however that lands, because George Santos may end up in a district he definitely cannot win. Um, well, we'll see. It's, it's shocking that he's still there. But. It, it is surprising he's still there. We need to take a break. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink and Aaron Moore, and we'll be back with more right after this. Hi, this is Patty Fink, and you're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly. We're just talking about MAGA lies. Yes, and there are so many. There are entire categories of them, but it's all really one thing. And that's without even talking about all the election lies. Yeah, well, I mean, just to put a footnote on the George Santos conversation we just had, the only reason he's still in Congress is McCarthy needs the vote. That's it. If it were anybody else or they had a comfortable majority, he'd have been gone, gone, gone. So, right. yeah. Um, okay, so protecting our children, House Bill 12. Uh, Shelley Skeen just filed an injunction against it. On I think Thursday she filed it. She'll be our guest next week. Woohoo! Great. That'll so, be that'll be a great show. Yeah. Lambda's doing great stuff. They're, I mean, they're really out there filing and fighting. They are overwhelmed. I know. Well, there's so much to fight. You know, in every state. When just about. when Patty and I were first really involved with the human rights campaign, people were like, "Why do you have such a strong chapter in Dallas? Why is the gay community there so organized, etc.?" He said, "Because we had so much to fight." Little did I know, <laughs> we've got amazing amounts of stuff to fight right now, and you've got to start narrowing down which bills will actually change. You know, they, they do what they call impact legislation, or impact 
uh, litigation. Litigation, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Impact litigation where this case will set a precedent or this case will undo a bad precedent. So, yeah, there's a lot of choices right now. Mm -hmm. So, but let's just talk a little bit about protecting our children. Okay. So, um, one of the things that I think is um, is really egregious is this idea um, that a lot of the people in, in the, who are MAGA right wing Republicans have have, fo have fostered is that um, the parents and uh, the parents of trans kids and trans kids themselves. Um, are um, are basically there to mutilate themselves, and that drives me crazy because the one minors don't have surgeries. Let me say that again: minor trans kids don't have surgeries. Right. Do you know I saw a statistic out of a couple of hundred thousand kids, there were actually about eighteen surgeries. But those were with intersex kids. And intersex kids have been excluded from this entire discussion and slander. You know what I mean? That like, and in fact, intersex kids, many, many, if they can, um, and their parents are supportive of them and fully embracing and accepting of them, um, want them to wait until they're older to have any sort of surgery so they can make their own decisions. Which much like and exactly like a lot of trans kids and their parents, um, but that is interesting that the the surgeries that have taken place have been among intersex kids because intersex kids can be trans. Not all trans kids are intersex. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. In in a way, an intersex kid is by definition trans. Right. Well, no, not necessarily. There are there are a lot of conditions. Um, you know, when people talk about a binary where you must be either male or female and there's nothing else, um, that's the binary we talk about when people say they're not binary. Um, intersex, intersex people sort of blow that up because there are just dozens and dozens and dozens of conditions that, um, that put a person in between or not whole and not 100% male and not 100% female. And, and I guess that's how I'm using the word trans. That's trans is trans is other than like I was born into the wrong body. Not I have a spectrum to belong on or choose. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I mean that's the only reason it's splitting here. So I'm why I'm disagreeing with you. But in, intersex is distinctly different from being a transgender person. And I guess I'm using trans as being on a spectrum. Mm. Well, you, yeah. we see that as a transgender is is typically or trans, um, you know, with the with the asterisk, which is was, you know, like the wild card, um, that it is an umbrella term of sorts. To uh, to encompass many many different kinds of identities, um, but for 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 same excuse me for intersex folks, uh, people say oh well you know there is this condition of ambiguous genitalia, and um, you know we have a presentation of both female and, and male characteristics, um, but I think what a lot of people misunderstand is that intersex kids. Um, intersex babies can be uh, can be born intersex and not know it, and and their parents wouldn't know it, and their doctors wouldn't know it because oftentimes these conditions are internal; they present in internally, or they present in some sort of um, blood chemistry way or hormonal way, um, and it may not even present itself until much later in life. It can be happen at the chromosomal level; it can happen at the um, um, the physiologic level of anatomy. Um, I know we had an LGBTQ liaison officer in the Atlanta Police Department for many years, black woman who identified as a woman, she identified as lesbian, she was in a, in a relationship with another woman, bore a son who grew up and went to college. And after he went to college, she was having some um, medical um, um, issues and was went in for some testing and discovered she was intersex. Hmm. She had born a child. 
um, and discovered very late in life, by sort of by accident, that she had undescended testes in her body. Hmm. So, I mean, so there are a lot of a lot of different conditions that can present or not present uh, for an, an intersex person that may overlap with conditions we also see in many trans people. Maybe they're not able to um, process um, hormones, sex hormones, te- estrogen or testosterone in the proper way. Maybe they have too much. Uh, but there are a lot of different um, conditions out there where if it's happening in your family and, and someone you know, um, people tend to get it. But the, what is disturbing is people make an awful lot of snap judgments and really cruel and, and, um, and awful conclusions without even knowing anybody because they just preempt the whole idea that you can possibly exist. Right. A trans kid can't possibly exist. An intersex kid can't possibly exist because they say it has to be fully male or fully female. And that's just ignoring reality. That's ignoring science that we've had for millennia. And if you're out there believing it's only only male and only female, you're crazy. Yeah. You have not paid attention at all. Uh, because there are there are gobs of kids out there who are not fully male and not fully female. And much, we haven't even talked about identity. Let's just talk about the anatomy and physiology of it. The science mm-hmm. of it. Yeah. The med- the medical science of it. But none of that seems to matter anymore anyway, or we wouldn't have had Roe overturned. I mean, if Roe was decided on bad legal precedent, I mean, sorry to just throw in another thing in there, but it, it's all kind of the same thing. You know, it's like we want to control who you are and what you do. And the we is white Christian men or white men. It doesn't, they don't even have to be Christian. They just have to profess to be Christian. Um, and so it's, it's trying to throw intersex and trans people into the box that they're most comfortable with. And it goes back to what I was saying before is you make me uncomfortable. Thank so, you. So what? <laughs> Aaron was pointing at me I was when pointing she said at David. That. David does make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's somebody saying, I am uncomfortable because of you. Therefore, you need to change. Not that I need to understand you or need to change. And there's, there's just no, it, it's all the same underlying thing. It's Aaron a, doesn't understand me. It's whatever. He doesn't. Well, nobody does. It's all, it's, all, <laughs> it's all trying to get back to a hierarchical white male system. All of it. Every single bit of it can, can be traced back to that. As long as you brought up Roe, I have this headline that I just... Well, it comes from one of the great thinkers of our time, Mr. Pence. Oh. Pence says abortion should be banned for non-viable pregnancies. Banned for non-viable pregnancies. Uh-huh. So that doesn't make sense. That makes a woman carry an, a non, dead fetus. A dead fetus. Yeah, and that's not tra- traumatizing or anything. Or well, dangerous. Or ki- I'm yeah. not worried about the traumatizing in this case. I'm worried about the killing the woman. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, best case scenario is she's traumatized. Worst case is she's dead. You just killed her. So it's not really about life. It's about life we can control. It's about not doing abortions. It's about life we can control. Or, right. Yeah. So. Uh, ah. I don't know. I. I can't believe that we're back to this place. And a lot of it to me is we're not pushing back hard enough. And I don't know if we're just tired from fighting every day with Trump or if we're tired from the pandemic. I think the timing was perfect for it because we were tired uh, of fighting every day with Trump. And we're not pushing back. We're not, you know, in the streets like Paris or Greece or, you know, we're not suing back. We're not... We're not, not only the demonstrations, I mean, demonstrations are show, you know, solidarity and they make you feel good, but we're not doing the things, we're not introducing the legislation that would counteract this stuff. We're not codifying things (laughs) that we should be codifying into the law. There's a, there's a new law coming out of the Texas legislature called uh, House Bill 2127, which is called the preemption law, which is a lot of geeky stuff, but know this, that it was nicknamed the Death Star Law bill and what it does is it tells every home rule city which means the cities can make their own decisions unless they're banned from making that decision 
like, you know, legalizing murder or something. It, every home in a little city, read large democratic urban city, puts them into the class where only the legislature can tell them what they can and can't do. So in other words, they have to follow what the legislature says now instead of following their own, what's best for their own citizens in their own cities. Right, things what, like a non-discrimination ordinance. Non-discrimination ordinance. Or Den water, wanted to ban... Um, water break laws. Den uh, wanted to ban, ban fracking. Right. Yes, or plastic bags, or, you know, any of the things that we've seen come up as city ordinances would now be banned under this law. And it's so geeky, nobody's paying attention to it, but what it does is it has a very real effect on everybody's quality of life in the city they've chosen to live in. The only reason Dallas, the Dallas LGBTQ community could possibly escape this is that we had the somebody had the foresight to put it into the city charter rather than have it be a non-discrimination ordinance. Is that, now, was a, that was, that was a, a concerted effort at, the, at City Hall yeah. to, to put it in the charter. And when I say somebody, I'm looking at my wife over there. She, she, was, she led a lot of that effort. But it is now in the city charter and part of city law, not an ordinance that could be overturned. Mm -hmm. so, but that doesn't make the same case for San Antonio, Austin, Houston, El Paso that has non-discrimination housing ordinances or water break ordinances or you know uh, misdemeanor you know camping ban ordinances or any of that stuff now the 2127 says you have to follow what the state says is legal so it's a bunch of white rural counties deciding what these large urban democratic cities now who is it who's going to come to Dallas and say you can't you have to discriminate against the attorney general it's not again it's not someone it is now state law as of september 1st no so, i understand it's yeah. state law i didn't know who it was who would be no, it would be attorney general enforcing yeah. these yeah ag which we don't have we have an interim <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well even making my point more you know the the chief law enforcer for the state of texas is now under indictment and removed from his office for pending trial but 2127 is possibly the most dangerous bill that passed this session. I know there's a lot of others that are getting a lot more press, but this is the big one. This is the big one that'll affect the most people. Yes. Um, for a trans kid, some terrible laws. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that affect horrible. them terribly. Um, you know, we were just talking about... Um, the, the MAGA talking point that oh, you're mutilating your child kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I love the, the comebacks that say, well, are you circumcised? Is your kid circumcised? Did he want to be? Did he want to be? Did you ask him? Or did you just do it? Did you force it? Did you mutilate your child without their knowledge or consent? Oh, but that's cultural. Don't you see? Don't you understand? It's like... You know, in the Latino culture, or at least in my mother's Latino culture, babies got their ears pierced. I mean, you just did. That was like one of the first things you did. Um, that's mutilation. <laughs> I didn't have any choice in that. You know, and the circumcision is another great example of that. You know, going back to intersex kids where parents decide which set of genitalia to keep. You know, that's mutilation. So, And 95% of the time they choose, you know, male. They want to be. They want a male child. Mm -hmm. um, but these, to me, these are all part of, of, you know, spreading disinformation that people then adopt as somehow that it's fact, and it's just simply not true. When we've gotten to the place now, where you can you can just, uh, we we see the book bans where a gay character. There's one gay character or one trans character in the book, and the whole book gets banned. Mm -hmm. um, and we, this is the this is the worst case of the of that kind of thinking, I think that that came into the news this week, and that has to do with um, a, a woman who <laughs> heads the journalism department at UT, Dr. Kathleen McElroy, a black woman, very accomplished. Uh, has done a lot of groundwork in, um, in people of color in journalism and is, is very well recognized academically across the country. She 
she herself got her education at Texas A&M. Well, Texas A&M has been courting her for some time now, um, by that I mean months and years, to come back to A&M, where she had gone to her undergrad, and, and reconstitute their collapsed journalism program. Mm -hmm. Because you, you, no one would go to A&M today to be a journalist, to get a journalism degree, because it's, it's, it's a horrible program. So they want her, this, this sort of nationally recognized person, to come make it successful at A&M. So she had a, they had a signing ceremony where she was going to sign her contract and she's going to get tenure right away and start, um, start opening up this program and, and building, um, building the program to success. And the, the powers that be, the conservative money that contributes to A&M said no, and so they withdrew their offer. Hmm. And they did so because she's black. And they said it was because of DEI, that she was DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. You can't be DEI. So <laughs> you can't be DEI, but, you know, you can do woke. Yeah. You can train in woke. So By why can't name. you? Yeah. So, so basically, she was, she was denied this position, and so the program will remain a collapsed failure at Texas A&M. Rather than hire, rather than hire one of the best people you could possibly do that. So she's she's remaining um, the the head of the pro, the journalism program at you know, the University of Texas in Austin, <laughs> which is a substantial program and a successful one at, a, at one of the largest universities in the country. So you know who's who's won here? Did A and M win? I don't think so. Well, one of the things that came up in the legislature that didn't get passed was they wanted to do away with tenure. Right. Well, they certainly want to do away with DEI and have so in, in state-funded programs, but she's not DEI. She's a, she's a black woman with, with a Ph.D. and, and the, the smarts to, you know, to make you a successful university. We need to And you're turning your back. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. I'm Dave Taffet here in the studio with the late Patty Fink. And our guest is Aaron Moore. We'll be back with more right after. This is Raphael McDonald from Resource Center Dallas. You're listening to Lambda Weekly on 89.3 KNON-FM. And this is Lambda Weekly, and we're talking woke. <laughs> we're trying to figure out what they mean by that. We're not going to be able to figure it out, so let's just jump right into it. Hunter Biden. <laughs> Benghazi. Benghazi. Woke. Mm, uh, RFK. Well, and I love how they're... R RFK Jr. Jr. Let's be clear. RFK Jr. Well, yeah, he, he really is nutballs. <laughs> I mean, whatever they did with the other sister that had mental health issues, they need to do to him, which I believe was an institution. <laughs> so. um, what kind of threat do you think he is in the election? I think he's just an enormous source of disinformation, but I, I loved, uh, it says, as somebody said, RFK Jr. has a better chance of becoming President of the United States than JFK Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's dead? Who's dead? <laughs> who's dead, yes. Oh, wait, the other way around. JFK Jr. has a better chance of becoming President than RFK Jr. Mm. Um, he, he is. He's just a nut job. And what he said in the last day or two was such um, anti-Semitic um, crap. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, Trump called him a very uh, smart person. Of course, of course he, he would. Yeah. Well, in Trump's speech last night at whatever right-wing Heil Hitler event it was, was straight up McCarthyism fascism. I mean, he's talking about instituting an investigation committee for what, what he's was calling it a, a truth and reconciliation That's committee. It. You know, like we had in we, we all watched happen in South Africa mm -hmm. after apartheid, and the, the way they addressed apartheid was to have a truth and reconciliation commission where the stories were told and it was put on public record what apartheid did and what it was and what it how it affected people's lives so that they could move on as a country 
and a, and a community. Well, after Trump losing the election, we need to be able to move on as a country. I think so, too. <laughs> but what he's proposing in this, uh, this mini Mussolini speech that he gave last night in West Palm Beach was uh, essentially the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, he, he said the words, a truth and reconciliation commission to unveil and reveal all of the deep state. So make it fully transparent about how he's been cheated, you know, that MAG has been cheated, how, how the deep state stole the election and all this other crap that has never been able to be, uh, to, has any legs at all, any truth to it whatsoever. No, the truth is that he's about to be indicted in the Georgia case, but now there are other states that might be indicting as well, like Arizona. Yeah, right. Well, it, and federally. <laughs> but that, which is why he's getting, it's just such a minority of people who have such sway right now. And again, I go back to, I don't know why we're letting this happen. We need to find our backbone again. We need to fight our fight again. Um, Patty just mentioned a statistic during the break that scares the heck out of me. It's Yeah, the, the Washington Post did an article, um, did an analysis actually, of over a thousand books that were challenged across the country, uh, primarily objecting to sexual or LGBTQ content uh, within those books, and the majority of this of these book challenges, over a thousand books, um, were filed by just eleven people. <laughs> eleven people are deciding what our kids can read, and it's like that's your decision to make for your kids, but not for my kids, or not for me. So, I mean, why aren't we pushing back on this stuff to the extent where, you know, I am so bitterly and deeply disappointed in Merrick Garland, I can't even see straight, but he should be challenging these things as unconstitutional, period. Just mm -hmm. DOJ needs to get their butt out there and start doing some justicing if we're turning nouns into verbs um, and, and, and challenge some of these state laws. It's like, that's great for your state, but it's unconstitutional federally. Sorry, can't do it. You know, and going to the Supreme Court's not going to do any good, but at least we'll slow them down. So, or make it so hard to to fight that they, they'll pull them back. I mean, that's what they've done for, to us for years. So You know, and Trump has no problem asking for unconstitutional things. Like this week, he tried to delay his trial. Right. Mm -hmm. By two years. Well, by more than two years. He wants to delay it until after the election. Right. But if he's elected president, that would delay it another four years after that. Well, true. Well, he would just end the, he would just end it. He would put in a puppet like Bill Barr was for him. Yeah, and tell him close the investigation. There won't be a there won't be a trial. Yeah, withdraw he, the charges. That's what he'll do. But he asked for two years. He asked, you know, and that's the whole reason he's running for re-election anyway. So you can say it's inter government, it's election interference if they come after him with all of these criminal charges that he's done. And it's like, no, it's not, because you can run for you can run for president while you're indicted. You can run for president from jail. It doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with you being elected. I think that's a law that needs to be looked at. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Running for president from jail. Yeah, no, being president from jail. So. It's been done before. Yeah, They've no, had presidential candidates in jail, you know, running for office from a jail cell. It's been yeah. done. Yeah, but nobody ever gave them any credence. They, yeah, weren't, they mean, weren't prominent people running for president. I mean, all this Mussolini stuff and this right-wing authoritarian stuff is everything we've been, you know, sending our people to go to war for and die for, you know, World War One, World War Two. David, do you need the Heimlich? I have my mic turned off. Okay. <laughs> David's coughing up along over here. Um, I mean, it's everything we've, you know, we've, we've, the true patriotism of sending, you know, our citizens to fight against these kinds of things, and he's flipping it around to be patriotic, to be authoritarian, and dictatorial and fascist. It's, it's un-American. Um, but but I, here's just another one of where a handful of people are making these decisions that affect countless people. The state of Georgia uh, had passed a law, and Brian Kemp, the governor, signed it that said that anyone uh, could challenge a voter registration in, in, in Georgia. 
and they looked at the uh, 100,000 voter registrations that were challenged in Georgia in the last election, and almost all were done by six right-wing activists, six people hmm. that said, I don't and, think and you're eligible. And let me guess who it was that they were objecting to. Black people in Georgia. That Black would be voters. my guess. And this is, this is what we've come to, is like a handful of people, we say, oh, well, you know, I have parental rights now, and DeSantis has given me parental rights, and Abbott's given me my parental rights. They're just, they're just parental rights for you, though, and you don't, you don't even see the, the harm and the, um, just how foul and ugly um, your use of those parental rights are because you're denying the parental rights of um, of parents of trans kids, parents of black kids, parents of indigenous kids, parents of Asian kids, parents of brown kids, parents of disabled kids, parents of neurodiverse kids. I, they, white parents in Texas and in Florida and other places in the country now have uh, some sort of power over others because they get to decide that your black child doesn't get to learn black history because it's it it makes their fragile little white kid uncomfortable well that's what i was about to say those all those people you mentioned all those demographics you mentioned all those living breathing human beings that you mentioned quote unquote need to be controlled because they don't know any better what <laughs> You know, I know what's best for you. So do what I say. Mm-hmm. That's it. Period. You know, going back to my theme. It's the people who are being made uncomfortable thinking that they need to control it. I want to know how they're going to teach American history without including slavery. That's not black history. That's American history. That's American history. And to hear the guy in Oklahoma who was superintendent in Tulsa... He was asked the question specifically, how are you going to teach about the Tulsa Massacre uh, um, of 1921 without talking about race? And he intends for them not to talk about race when they teach that in history. You didn't grow up in the South. You can definitely teach American history without talking about slavery. It's, I mean, not, but it's not how can you talk about How can you talk about not talk about racism, though? He's not, he, he doesn't want them to mention the color of their skin. So two groups of people, one group attacked another one who, um, who didn't see it coming and was, were defenseless, um, destroyed them all, killed most of them, took their property. What didn't they like about them? They were business owners. <coughs> right. I mean, how can you? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have a I have a good friend, um, I, I, who shall remain nameless, um, whose child uh, has grown up and decided that um, they didn't want their child to know that their grandmother was gay. So they've gone this grandchild's entire life without, you know, they've they've known their grandmother but not their grandmother's wife at all and so this you know when the child grows up and um, becomes an adult and then finds out that their grandmother was gay and there's this person that their grandmother spent their entire life with you know for decades and decades in a in a loving committed relationship um that's that's brutal to a grandchild and, and kid, i would if i were that grandchild i would be so angry at my parents mm-hmm. the kid when when he or she becomes an adult and finds out is going to just go oh yeah it's going to make a lot it. of sense <laughs> i got it yeah but it's that it's that hatred and bigotry there that simply just to deny reality. No, your your grandmother isn't isn't gay and isn't with a woman, the same woman for forty years. You know, I mean, like this. To me, these kids that are gonna are gonna be um, be re- revealed the truth at some point later kids in life. Are gonna be mad. Are gonna be angry. Um, when I was in my twenties, I was in a relationship and. Uh, his brother had a couple of babies and we were there for those kids 
you know, making sure they had diapers, making sure they had baby food. And we were Uncle Tommy and Uncle David. <laughs> well, her mother just didn't think that the kids should be exposed to this relationship because how are we going to explain it to them? And do you know how the kids reacted? The first time I was over there without Tommy, uh, a little three-year-old put his hands on his hips and looked at me and said, where is your Tommy? They know. They, they got know. it. Yeah, kids are not stupid. No. Kids are not stupid at all. And the, the other thing that's going to be happening, exactly like you've just <clears throat> experienced, is um, um, black kids and brown kids and indigenous kids and all these kids that are not exactly white, Christianist, cishet parents, you know, they're going to see their history and they're going to know that it's being denied and, it, and that they're going to learn their truth outside of the classroom and they're going to know that they're being lied to in class. And what's that going to leave them with? And how are these kids not going to feel uncomfortable? But I mean, They don't care if the black kid's uncomfortable. They don't care if the brown kid's uncomfortable. That, but that's not doing what education is distinctly decide, is distinctly designed to do, which is prepare you for the world. It's going to take them the time after their education to unlearn and then be able to move forward. So you're, you're essentially sending them into the world with bad information. Handicapping your own kid. And you're handicapping your own kid. Yes, exactly that. So, yeah, I agree with you. And no rainbows. Rainbows are grooming. We have one minute. <laughs> Comment on the race for the Republican nomination. Do you think Trump's going to get it, or do you think anybody else is going to gain any traction? Mm. Yes I, and no. I mean, he's polling right now, but it's so darn early. I think somebody's somebody's going to have to run. That It's just like the Twitter and Threads thing. Somebody's going to have to step up that's equally as appealing and not as tainted for him not to get the nomination. Christie has been making news by criticizing Trump. Yeah. I saw a whole series of headlines this week. Oh, yeah. About Christie. He's, he's the only one, though. He, yep. Him and Asa Hutchinson a little bit. He's, he's the sacrificial candidate. He knows he's not going to win. He's just in it to throw bombs, and he's doing a good job, and i got to give him props for that. As much as I don't agree with him or anything he says, i got to give him props for being able, being willing to challenge his own party. And, Aaron, thank you for being here with sure. us. She was a last-minute fill-in. <laughs> I'm always happy to be your second choice. You know, Omar's, <laughs> Omar is our second choice, so that would make you third. Oh, well, okay. Even better. <laughs> so. Next week, Shelley Skeen will be with us. Uh, she's a senior attorney at Lambda Legal. For all of us here at Lambda Weekly...